Oh, it's a good Sunday. Hey, uh, it's spring break, and you guys still showed up. That's some loyalty right there. You guys could have been at Seaside, Oregon, or Leavenworth, or New Jersey. Uh, fleeing New Jersey to go down to Philadelphia to go to, go to Pat's King, King of Steak and get a cheesesteak. That's just that. Well, uh, Sean, Pastor Sean asked me to preach today. And to be honest with you, I was looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and I was like, man, I really want next week. And, uh, and I, was, I, I did my due diligence, and I was studying this passage. And honestly, the more and more I read it, the more and more I studied it, was the more and more, personally, I actually got convicted. And I feel like the Lord has uh, given a few things to me today to share to y'all. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you guys to do one thing before we really get started. Is that okay? Can we stand and read the scripture together? We have not done that in like a solid minute, and I just, it's going to be, I've had more than enough coffee today. We're going to be here, and I'm going to ramble. Not ramble, just talk real fast. There you go. Let's, uh, we're going to start in, if you have your phones, and you would do that, not see that. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 33, and since we're in church, we're going to read a bunch and go all the way to 37, four verses later. Uh, I'm reading uh, ESV because that's what my Bible software kicks out. Uh, So there we go. What are we reading up there? ESV. Perfect. All right. Again, again, you've heard that it was said to those of old that you should not serve false gods, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven. For it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of Jerusalem, or for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, Let's, let's pray real quick. Jesus, uh, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to preach today. It's not a I have to preach. It's an I get to preach. Uh, I pray that, that what I say today uh, lands on open ears and open hearts and, and open minds. Lord, I pray that everything I say comes out in a recognizably logical order and that it makes sense to somebody. Uh, and Lord, I pray that the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart is, um, is pleasing in your sight. Oh, oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, so Jesus is on the mount, and it's, his, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and this is, like Pastor Sean said, is the longest recorded sermon Jesus ever preached, and he's covering loads of stuff, and we figure it's pretty important to maybe, if he preached about it, probably important that we preach about it. And he's getting to the point to where he's talking about oaths and trustworthiness and integrity. And he's actually quoting a lot of old scripture throughout this that I find very interesting. And he says it right off the first verse, right? He says that uh, it was said to you, those of old. And he's actually quoting Moses in this, the the first five books of the Bible. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, Scholars call it the Pentateuch, Penta being five and took being book, the five books of the law. And the reason I struggled this week with this passage is because I'm going to say something. Some of you might not know this. You might not be aware of this. But we're not perfect, us pastors. 
And this is something that I'm not real good at. <laughs> I, I tend to hit the important things pretty good. Uh, I worked at a church a while back, and I was doing this youth event, and we were going to leave the state. And uh, everything, I mean, flights all the way to Orlando, a couple days in Disney World, hotels. It was going to be about eight to $900 per student to go to this thing. And I had already fronted all the reservations, all the plane flights. What I mean by I, I mean by the church and yeah, all that. Uh, and there were four people who were going for their, their daughter to go, and she was not going to be able to participate in some things while we were there that she had the intention of going to. And it turns out she was not going to be able to do it. In fact, the de- the, we were flying out in August, and the deadline to get the paperwork in for her was like May 3rd. <laughs> so she's intending on going. Mom and Dad have paid several thousand dollars to take their whole family, and I have to now tell her that I can't help her compete. And uh, my oversight for the trip just said, don't say anything. Just, just take them, and then when you get there, act as surprised as they are. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now, I know, I know baseball season just started Thursday. Mariners. That's right. Uh, Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper slightly killed baseball with his ridiculous contract. There, I said it. Um, and yet, this is a real pickle. <laughs> All right, baseball might know a pickle. This is a pickle. And I had the choice. They came in like three days before the flights and everything. We were going to start the trip because her dad was a farmer and gets paid once a year. And so he, they came in. Daughter came in with like stacks of money like she robbed a bank. Like, <laughs> she didn't, but, and she goes, okay, so we need to pay for my sister, my brother, and my mom, and $800 a person. So she's just like, 1000 and I'm like, before you count the rest of that out, I need to tell you something. <laughs> and I might have gotten yelled at by them. I might have gotten yelled at by my boss, who says, why can't you do anything you've ever, that's ever been asked of you? Why can't you do anything that you're told? And I was stuck with, uh, I told you you can compete, and now that you can't, I can't go through with it. Right? I'm good at the big stuff. I have no problem with the big stuff. It's the little stuff that gets me. Like when I tell Jess I'm going to take out the trash. And, and four days go by, and the lid is off the trash, and it's piled up. Pastor Sean has never been to our house when it's dirty. He's convinced that it's just, like, perpetually clean. It is not. It is not. It is not. We have a child. We have a dog. We have 14 chickens. It is not clean all the time. All right? <laughs> and, but I struggle with the day-to-day. And this passage is not only referring to the big stuff, but it covers everything down to the little stuff. And that's something, I'll just be open and honest, I've, I've not been super good at in my life. But what I like most about this passage, and, and before I get too much more into it, this is going to be a little confusing. I'm going to break this passage down into three portions. Verse 33 is going to have like a part A and a part B. And then we're going to go somewhere and come back to A and then go all the way to C. There's your three parts. Okay? So if it gets confusing, that's what I'm doing. There you go. Uh, but I want to focus on first is that first portion, part A of verse 33. Here's what it is. Again, you've heard that it was said to those of old. And Jesus is quoting Moses, like I mentioned. He's actually quoting two different passages. He's quoting uh, Leviticus 19, 12, 
and Deuteronomy 23, 22. And this is what they say. This is, this is what they both say. Uh, Leviticus 19.12 says, You shall not swear by my name falsely. And he picks up exactly what you're saying, or what he's saying in verse 34. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Right? Don't swear falsely on any of those things. And Deuteronomy, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Chapter 23, verse 22, not 20, or 21, not 22. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it. For the Lord your God will certainly demand of it of you, and you'll be guilty of sin. When he's referring to this testifying falsely, uh, something that Moses would hear all the time from the Israelites were, I swear on the temple. I swear on the tabernacle. I swear on my mother. I swear on my grave. I swear on my kids. I swear on all these different things. And it's been, what, thousands of years, and have we changed much? I swear to God. I swear on my kids. I swear on my Mima's grave. Right? I swear on, I swear on everything. Right? It, we even have gambling now where we, we make a note saying, I will, the Mariners are going to the Super Bowl, and this is how much I'm paying. It's in my notes. I worded it like that on purpose because you're like, what? <laughs> right? So these are the old school verses, right? And the problem is nothing has changed in the, in the few millennia that Moses lived and wrote versus Jesus and his teachings. And to be true, it's 2019 years later since Jesus was born, and we still haven't changed. We still haven't changed. We still often swear falsely, and... And to be honest with you, that's the frustrating part. Because as uh, there's this philosopher, and I don't know if it's pronounced Philo or Philo. I like to think it's Philo because I really like Philo dough. Anybody with me? Right? Some butter, some cinnamon. We're there. All right. And I'm looking for it. It's a really good quote, y'all. Y'all are going to be upset with me after this one. But Philo says this. Additionally, when we, fa- when we swear falsely or when we swear on God or the heavens, or the kingdom, or Jerusalem, the great city of the great king. This is essentially what we're saying, according to Philo. We allow the blame to fall on someone else. When I swear falsely, I take God as a cloak for my wrongdoing. And I'm ashamed to be a sinner, appear as a sinner, and I want God to be my accomplice. Shoot. Well, that's essentially what we're doing when we're choosing to swear by something or to swear falsely or to use God's name as a level of our honesty or our integrity is we're allowing someone else or something else to take a partial blame for our wrongdoing or a partial blame for our mistake or a partial blame for our uh, lack of, of knowledge, our, our lack of willingness. Um, I, I had a teacher when I was like in seventh grade that says, you did not forget to do your homework you neglected to do your homework. And that's exactly what we do when we bear false witness and don't come through. Because it should be on your word. Your word should have weight and uh, it should have some value to it. The second thing I want to portion out or mention out is uh, in verse 33 is that part B that I mentioned. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. So if we had to break this down into The first part of that verse is, what did you say? Because it needs to be on you. The second portion is, what have I said yes to? 
I'm looking around my house recently since we got these silly chickens, and I'm noticing that I probably shouldn't buy anything ever again. <laughs> if my wife was here, she would scream amen at this point in time. Because I realize now that I need to maintain everything that I'm held accountable for. I need to maintain everything that I'm responsible for. I've been placed as a steward of enough things that it's going to cost me enough to maintain all those things that I really shouldn't try to bring more under my tent right now. Right? And so the question is, what have we said yes to? All right, Deuteronomy 23, 21. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it, for the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and if you don't, you'll be guilty of sin. When you make a promise and you don't fulfill it, you're sinning. So the question is, what have you said yes to? Right, so when we look at Jesus' commandments and we look at what he says, there's a few, few big picture items, right? Uh, Jesus quoted the Shema, love the, Lord with all your heart, with all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, all your strength. And the second commandment, second greatest commandment is just like it. Love the Lord your God, or love your neighbor as yourself. And right, and we, I, to summarize it is to love God and to love people. And Pastor Sean has quoted several times that you cannot do one or the other, that you have to do both. If you truly love God, you'll truly love your neighbor. If you truly love your neighbor, then you truly love God, right? So the question is, what have we already said yes to? Well, if you're a ministry partner, if you believe in Jesus, if you follow Jesus, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you've already said yes to that. And you've also said yes to saying that we do life together. Acts quotes the disciples going to church and the disciples going to church all the time and being together and going to the temple together. So let me ask you a question. Are you doing life together? Are you experiencing and learning about God with people? Are you going to the ladies' Bible study? Are you coming to Life Trek? Are you coming to church? Are you willing to and desiring to worship corporately? Or do you keep your Christianity and your faith to yourself in your little closet by yourself because that's what you're comfortable with? Rather than, as Pastor Sean and I, we always say, you should come to church to give, not to get. Because it's your job as a believer to not only to be ministered to, but to minister to others. Are you active? You say, any married people here? Just, just show of hands. Like three. Cool. Oh, oh, now there's more. Cool. Good to know. Oh, what'd you say, huh? Uh, are you an active member in your marriage? Are you fulfilling all the vows you said you would on your wedding day in front of all the people you said it would, or if we were to put your life on mute and watch you for 24 hours, you would see images of me not emptying out the trash, right? That's what you'd see of me. Uh, let me ask you a question. Are you present for those in your life? Are you doing life together? I'm going to maybe like overbeat this nail into like the board here. Are you reaching together? We have this thing where we're, we're calling it Reach 7, where we're supposed to be praying like it depends on us, reaching out to them like it depends on us, inviting them to church like it only depends on us. Are you reaching out to your people and inviting them? Are you sharing the gospel like it only depends on you? And their one shot to knowing Jesus is through your interaction with them. Because if you said yes to Jesus, then you said yes to spreading the gospel. If you said yes to him, that means you're fulfilling all his commandments. And the last thing is, do you give together? Are you, are you doing this? We, 
We, we're, are we coming to get or are we coming to give? Here's one. Uh, the Lord has, the one thing he said to test you in, test me with money. Ooh, test it. If you said yes to Jesus, then you should have said yes to, to allowing us to receive your tithe and to giving to the Lord the 10%, the first fruits of your income. Are you saying yes to that? Or are you just, when you have money in the bank, $10 in the plate here and there, I give on Christmas Eve, or are you actually fulfilling the commandment? Are you giving God the time and attention he deserves with what your life desires? Interesting, isn't it? Uh, another point I'd really like to point out is in, hold on, it's a spinning table, is the last verse. The last verse. I told you I'd be quick today. Now, the old school version, right, the OG is to not swear falsely, right? Because people would say all these things and they put all the credibility on other things, but here's the thing is, I would say an oath, or when you say yes, or when you promise, that's a goal. That's a goal. So just go back for a moment. I think this is brilliant. There's a difference between a goal and a desire. A goal, here's the difference. Does anybody know the difference? No? Okay, all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I'm, the caffeine is starting to kick in. So uh, the difference between a goal and a desire, I'll give you an example. It's January 1st, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lose weight. That's a goal because it involves no one else but you. The sole responsibility is on you. You don't need to need help to lose weight, right? Eat less meat, eat less fat, eat some vegetables, go on a run. Done, okay? You'll lose weight in theory. So easy, right? Um, here's the, the difference between a goal and a desire all the way over here. It's all the way over here on the side of the stage. A desire requires you to have some help. For example, I want to have a really good, healthy marriage. Well, you could put in all the work you want. But if the other half isn't willing, are you going to have a healthy, successful marriage? That's the difference between a goal and a desire. So when you make an oath, it's a lot like a goal. It all depends on you. To the point to where... Uh, a proper oath, all right, and I understand we live in the 21st century where you have like a mortgage, that's an oath, that's a piece of paper you're signing, that's, that's you know, you have contracts, you have this, you have that, you have a lot of legal stuff, but inside the church, inside your family, your oath should be your word and you. No piece of paper, no, no notarized document, it should be you. And so the last thing I really want to talk about today is not what have you said or what have you already said yes to, but what do you need to say yes to? What do you need to say no to? The, um, I don't know if anybody's ever read the book Boundaries by uh, the doctors uh, Henry Cloud and, um, and John Townsend, but one of the best quotes in the whole book that you could possibly read, I'm, I'm going to save you guys like 228 pages or whatever it is, is, ready? No is a complete sentence. That's it. No is a complete sentence. And some of us just need to realize we need to say no. All right, uh, my wife has this wonderful quote that she says all the time, and some of you have experienced it whether you know it or not. Caffeinated me makes plans for uncaffeinated me. <laughs> right? And, and one thing is some of us, uh, myself included, need to learn to say no. 
And that, it's a complete sentence. You don't have to give. That's the wonderful thing about boundaries. It's the wonderful thing about your oath and your promise is that's all you need to say. You don't need to back it up. You shouldn't have, ever have to back it up. Hey, are you coming to this? No. Oh, okay. And if, it, if anybody gives you more grief than that, they're, they're trying to pressure you into It should just be no. No. When Oliver was first born, uh, like weeks old, not months old, weeks old, uh, all of our life track kids that were like coughing and nose running, can I hold Oliver? Mm, not right now. <laughs> not right now. Maybe in like 20 years. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's a first child syndrome thing, I think. But maybe it's time to maybe it's time to say no to your addiction. Maybe it's time to say no to your substance abuse. Maybe it's time to say no to your past failures that are haunting you. Do you know the difference between regret and anxiety? Regret is the over over compulsion, over over compulsing of the past. Anxiety is when you over compulse on the future. Rather than just being focused on the task at hand, right? Some of us need to just let go of what we've done or who's hurt us or who fired us and why or Sometimes we need to say no to the pain of a past relationship or a past failure. Some of us, me included, need to start saying no to our procrastination. My boss will insert the amen. <laughs> right? I'm, I told you, I told you I'm not the best at this, okay? Uh, some, of you, some of you need to just pack it up and say no to the sin that you're just clinging on to and say no more. Some of us, can I give you, I've been throwing a lot of stats at you this morning, and I've preached officially 22 minutes, so like that's my longest sermon ever. So, yeah. Uh, and so I feel like, you guys like me speaking? Wow, no groans, cool. Uh, I'm going to spit one more that I know of, one more fact at you guys. So I counted last night on Planning Center. Anybody in here on Planning Center get a Planning Center request, request from me? D- that's what you can say no. You can totally decline on Planning Center. Uh, the gossips are here somewhere. Bonnie's here. Where's Gary? Right there. All right. Wonderful. Speaking of saying no on Planning Center, this is my one rabbit trail because uh, I follow my notes like strictly today. Is this uh, a couple weeks ago? I got a decline on Planning Center from Gary Gossett. Everyone thinks he's about to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here's the thing: is he said no. And that's all it had to have been. I would have been fine with it because he's declining something in May, May 19th. Um, but he gave me the why, and I want to share it with everyone. Can I share it? All right. Sorry, Pastor Ryan. So you have an option on Planning Center. When you decline, you can tell me why, which you don't have to answer if you feel pressured to. You don't have to. No is a complete sentence, right? Uh, is this. Sorry, Pastor Ryan. We'll be out of town. We're in Hawaii celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, how, that's something you almost never see, right? That's so cool. Um, but here's, here's what I did. Last night, I was on Planning Center. I was finishing up my notes, and I was like, you know what? Let me, let me see what people can say yes to, because I want you guys to realize that you can say no, but you can also say yes, right? And let your yes be your yes. And some of us need to learn to say yes, not just no. Did you know that as of last night, between this last Wednesday at Life Trek and today, this Sunday, there are 57 people doing something in this church as a volunteership. We need 57 different slots of 
of someone doing something. From having two people in the nursery to having two people in the downstairs loft to having some kids, some adults, you know, putting in a rotation in the kids' loft area where they teach kids. Kids need the gospel, y'all. I'm just plain Jane serious. They need a bad. All right? We, we could totally use some people on Wednesday night at Life Trek. We have a lot of teens bringing their little siblings that are little. And we need kids, adults, to watch the kids in the nursery. We need, we need people to help usher. We need people to help on the worship team. We need people to help at the coffee bar. We need people to help at the info desk. We need people, all kinds of people. 57 different areas of ministry that you can say yes to. And, that, and that's just a Sunday. Like that's a, today's March 31st. It's not a national holiday it's not a, a large event in the Christian world. It's not perhaps Easter. Imagine what, if you've never said yes to volunteering before, imagine the impact you could make. Just close your eyes and pretend for one second. The impact you could make on a family's life, on a child's household living, on their hope. Because Hebrews 6.19 says that Jesus is the anchor for, the hope is the anchor for our soul. Imagine the hope they would get if you showed up at the Easter egg hunt on Saturday before Easter and you helped out pass out flyers or help give the little prize baskets we're going to give to kids who win like a special egg. If they find an egg, we're going to put like a ticket in it and we're going to have little baskets. We do it every year. Imagine the hope you could give to somebody on Easter Sunday when they say, hey, I want to start following Jesus. And you could say, let me tell you about you. You want here, I'm going to tell you all the cool stuff about Jesus. Imagine the impact you'd make then. Here's another one. Imagine the kind of impact you would have on a teen's life if you said, what, summer camps June 27th through the 30th? I want to sponsor a kid, one that can't afford to go. They couldn't afford to go if camp was $15, let alone $115 or whatever it's going to be. Honey, we're sponsoring a kid. We're going to say yes to that. Imagine if you said yes, you know, I'm going to take the three days off work and just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might do crowd control. I may be in charge of the games. I might be opening my house to some kids so they could crash there over summer camp and we're going to be their host home. We're just going to say yes. Imagine the impact you would have then. Hmm. Especially them teenagers, y'all. They need Jesus. (laughs) But here's the thing, is we need to learn to look back and say, what have I been swearing on? What have I been putting my promises on? Because the logic is, it, it says it in 37, right? If you make anything more than it's evil. Verse 36 says you can't even control the, 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 hair, the color of hair on your head. I mean, we can now with dyes and stuff, but you can't just magically make your hair naturally turn gray. Or if you're gray, you cannot make your hair magically, you know, go back to that thick, dark brown hair yet. For some of us, me included, you cannot have, you know, who is it? That feathered Farrah Fawcett <laughs> wavy hair that you once had when it was the 70s. You just can't. It's out of your control. But some things are. Your yes is in your control. Your no is in your control. It is a goal that you can have, right? So sometimes it's time to say, well, what have we been swearing on? Some of us just need to do some damage control and figure out what we've said yes to and figure it out. And some of us need to start looking at our schedule 
and looking at where our heart is and looking at what God is calling us to or calling us from and say yes or say no and just start doing it. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to pinpoint one person, uh, Marty Love. This dude, when he, when he decides he's going to do something, just does it. He doesn't have to promise you. He doesn't have to anything. Hey, Marty, man, we don't have drums today. That's cool. I'll just figure it out. How many years have you been drumming? Like six months? <laughs> and he just does it. I've drummed six times. He just does it. Hey, Marty, I need help fixing this door at my house. Sure, I'll be there. And he just comes over and does it. I want to move to eastern Washington. He just does it. <laughs> and here's the, here's the one thing I know. There's a few people in this church, when I see you on Planning Center, and I see the little green light that says you've confirmed that you're going to be there, it is the most satisfying feeling. Because I know they're going to be there. Because their word itself is pure gold, right? Uh, has anyone ever driven a motorcycle? Anybody? Okay. I dare you, if you've ever ridden on a motorcycle or, or ridden, a, or, or, you know, I want to say driven because you're operating the vehicle, but if you've ever been on a motorcycle, period, disagree with this statement, I dare you. Few things are more comforting than when you're about to turn into an intersection or start tra traveling and other cars, cars, big cars, cars that can crush you, crush your motorcycle, when they make eye contact with you. Name something that's more comforting than that. When you're on a bike. They see me. It's safe, right? Because there's something, nothing more reassuring than that. So here's, here, can we just take a moment, just a brief moment, and can we just think about what we've said yes to what we need to say no to, what we need to say yes to, what, we've, what we need to back up and maybe say, hey, I don't swear on this. That's out of my control. I can't, I can't put all the blame on, on God when I say I swear on God because that makes God your accomplice in sin. What do you need to say yes to? What do you need to say no to? What, what have you already said yes to? Let's pray. Jesus, uh, Thank you for this scripture. Thank you for speaking to me about this scripture and things that I need to start saying yes to and things I need to start saying no to and things I need to work on. Lord, I pray that the people in this room, uh, they decide to say yes to you. They say yes to a relationship with you, uh, uh, to walk through life with you. Lord, I pray that we, we start saying yes to the commands that you've given us. I pray that, that we start reaching together to the people in our neighborhoods, the, the kids in our schools, the parents of the kids in our schools, the people in the grocery store, the people who live across the street. Lord, I pray that we honor your name, that we glorify your name and not just swear upon it. Lord, I pray that we can be good witnesses to the people around us and, and who you are. Lord, I pray that we can just focus on making our word uh, pure, that, that our integrity is is solid. Uh, Lord, I pray that we can we can encourage each other to do this as well and that we can reach out to people and we can help them say yes to the right things and say no to the sin and uh, and terrible choices we make. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, can I tell you guys one thing? Two things. One, 
I'm looking around. Y'all look good today. I'm just saying. I don't think a single person missed a shower in the last 24 hours. Not, yep, y'all are clean. That's right. Y'all got dressed to church. And, uh, and the last thing is I love y'all. Hey, have a good Sunday. Enjoy the weather. All right, bye.